get to the World Series and often win it in the in recent years. Jason Wildy. Oh, some questions. Is anybody healthy? What the hell's a pitch count of 11 plays? Uh, we got to give that a new name. Pitch count? That, no, you know what that is? That's like that first inning pitcher. So you had a pitch count where a guy comes back and, and he's a starter. Then you have the other guy that just pitches the first inning. That's what Aaron Jones was. You get the first inning. That's no damn pitch count. You got to pitch more than one inning to have a pitch count. Jason Wildy next. More of the Homer Hour coming up next on 94.5 ESPN. Automotive, where we ride with you every mile. 18 dealerships, 15 brands, and thousands of vehicles in stock. Check them out at Boucher.com. Everybody needs information about Packers from Jason Wildey. Every day of the year, we do our part, though not as well as we used to. Good afternoon, Jason. Not as well as you used to. Oh, because I'm not on every day with you. Correct. Yes. Because um, you still, when I'm with you, you do a great job, and so does the doctor. Yeah, the doctor's good. By the way, I've stated before you came on, the Packers season is over. You're right. They're going to win about six games. There's no chance of the playoffs. There's no chance of anything special occurring because they just have too many injuries, and they don't have the talent to absorb it. And I don't even know who's healthy. Um, and it's not like they don't have the ta- – there's no judgment of the talent. This is – you can't – this team can't win with all these people hurt. And by the time they get healthy, they aren't going to be at any point good enough to go on this incredible run. So six wins, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I, Though I don't know that you thought it would be so much based on injuries, or maybe you still don't think so. Yeah, I, I saw a couple things. One, I think when you choose to build your team this way, uh, among the things that are, I don't want to say unintended consequences, but you don't have – if you want all these young frontline players, then you almost certainly are then going to also have a bunch of young, inexperienced backups, right? Like, you know, the offensive line, they've had a couple of guys. You know, obviously, Zach Tom's the real deal. Brian Belaga loves him, uh, and with good reason. But, you know, they, they lose, they lose uh, David Bakhtiari. They choose to go with Rasheed Walker, who played – four special team snaps last season as a rookie seventh round pick. Now, you know, had he not gotten hurt his last year at Penn state, he probably would have been a higher pick. So, you know, there's talent there. I I don't dispute that, but he's growing just like all these other young guys. But the problem is, is after that, you know, you got a lot of your next, it's not like they have a lot of choices other than putting Yash in the lineup when it comes to their offensive line. Same with in their secondary, like Jair Alexander, Back flares up last week. Eric Stokes comes back, gets hurt four snaps into his return. Now, we, uh, I've I mean, said Eric Stokes are... is now in the Bakhtiari Club. I'm not counting on Stokes ever playing for the Packers again. Am I uh, overreacting? Yeah, it's probably a little bit of an overreaction, but certainly he's, you know, this is this is less than ideal. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, now it's his hamstring. It's not his foot, so it's a different injury, different leg. But, yeah, I mean – when a guy starts to have that kind of bad luck, you hope that he eventually pulls out of it. But more likely than not, he, he's probably going to be an injured guy a lot. Um, but with those two guys out, you know, it's Corey Ballantyne and Carrington Valentine who are their next guys up, both young guys. I mean, that's just the inexperienced guys. That's just the reality of where they're at. You know, Jonathan Owens is going to take over for Darnell Savage. And while, you know, Owen started 17 games last year and has bounced around, it's not like you've got, 
you know, a, a guy who's started 50 games in the league waiting in the wings. Whereas, you know, some of these teams that are contenders, you know, they've got another experienced guy who's the next alternative. Yep. And this is how the Packers have chosen to build their team. I didn't think they could absorb a lot of injuries, and they've obviously had to deal with them. I still would say the biggest one is Aaron Jones, who now didn't practice today, and he's feeling sore after playing 23 snaps in Denver. I mean, this team is different if he plays. And he, since the opener, he has played a grand total of 46 snaps in two games and missed the other three. So, yeah, I was wrong. I said he played know, 11 snaps. The reality is he had 11 touches. Correct. Because yeah. I said they said he was on a pitch count. yards or something. Yeah, th- this is not a pitch count. <laughs> Uh, a pitch count, this is like the guy you bring in to pitch the first inning and then you bring in somebody else. I mean, that that's Bullpen not. Bullpen game. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. I don't look, even know who's healthy. But, who's healthy? Well, I mean, the, the only people that didn't practice today were him, uh, Luke Musgrave. Now two guys going on injured reserve. They don't count on the, on the sheet. Um, but Devondre Campbell came back, so that's encouraging. Um, whether or not that's, you know, uh, going to make a big difference for them defensively. You know, I, I, I know this, you know, that we've kind of given the defense a, a passing grade each of the last two yeah, weeks. And so I get better well than enough for grade. these guys to win. Yeah. And now we'll see, you know, I, I don't think the, I mean, the Vikings offense had some productivity on, 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 on Monday night, but uh, I, I don't think, I, I don't think their offense is all that impressive either. Jordan uh, Addison has been really good. But beyond that, I, I, Kirk Cousins played well. Uh, I just don't I'm, – I'm, I'm very eager to see not how the Packers' defense performs now. Now every week it's all about how is the Packers' offense going to perform, right? I mean, I look at what, for instance, Kirk Cousins uh, is kind of what – Matt LaFleur would love to have. He would love to have Jordan Love get to a point where he can stand in against pressure. He can make the right decisions. He's not going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's going to be good enough to get the job done. Kirk Cousins is obviously, you know, in his 10th year or whatever, so it's not like he's a rookie anymore. But those are the kinds of strides that you want to see a guy eventually reach is consistency. And Jordan's nowhere near that. And the question I tried to ask Matt today was, you know, how long does it take? And how long, you know, he was with Cousins for two years in Washington. But how long does that take? And, and I don't think they have an answer. More than, the more than a year. Is, more than a year. It's definitely more than a year. And I think that's part of the problem is that I just think people have been so, you know, the, the, and I think the Packers are guilty of it too. It's not just fans. Like, I think, you know, I, I keep thinking about Goody standing at the mouth of the tunnel uh, at Chicago and then hugging all the guys as they come in after they won that game. And that feels like forever ago, but I think it really did impact beyond just fans and media, the Packers own expectations, or at least the feeling that they had that, Hey, maybe this isn't going to be as tough as we thought. We know it's going to be tough and there's going to be ups and downs, but I don't. I I get the sense that they have been really taken by surprise just how difficult it's been 
of late and, and these last, you know, four or five games, how much they've struggled. I just wanted to emphasize and ask you, I mean, Jordan Love's the quarterback for the rest of this year and will be the quarterback uh, next season as well. He's getting two years. Uh, there may be at some point next season, but um, I don't think so. So yeah, I, I agree. anybody who I, says I that, that he's not going to be the quarterback and that his, his they, they, they have no idea what the hell is going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, because the only scenario where that is not the case is if he just completely bottoms out, which I don't foresee him doing. But and there are going to be so many I mean, other possible guess, reasons for part of that bottoming out. Well, and, and to me, that's the biggest thing. And, and you hear Lafleur talk about, it, and I asked Jordan about it today. Like, it's really hard because obviously. You don't want to say things like, well, sometimes I make a bad throw. There's no doubt about it. But other times, a guy's supposed to be one place. He runs completely the wrong route, and it throws off everything because he's the primary read. And I'm thinking I'm throwing it to one place, and then he's somewhere else. I mean, he's not going to say that, nor do you want him talking that way. So I get that. But, like, that's the kind of stuff that factors in to him not being good enough to this point that are not his fault. And I it's hard because you feel like you're excuse making and you know, Tausch gets after me and others for making excuses for these guys, but I just can't get over the fact. And I know Tom Silverstein wrote a column in the journal Sentinel about this yesterday or the day before, but like they chose to build this team completely on the offensive side of the ball as young as young could be. And it prevents you from getting a clearer, not perfectly clear, but clearer picture of where love is at in his development. Well, they, they, uh, Jason, because, I don't think they need it. I don't think Goody feels like he needs it. He believes in Jordan. Well, I think I, right, but but just because but, he believes doesn't mean he's right, right? Like, well, yeah, he but it doesn't mean he's right. But and, and, but and you create honest, this. You, as you have stated perfectly, he's created a situation where it's impossible to determine that. He's wrong, and it requires him to have next year when they're a year older, and 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 you, you know, and that's you know this. That's not how GMs work with their guy, right? And that's that's why that among other reasons, that's why I think you know to suggest that because he's had the struggles he's had in the last several weeks, that suddenly now Jordan Love's not going to be their quarterback next year. I mean, the whole purpose of building the offense with this many young people on it for this year was so they could all grow together. And if you're going to take that approach, then you don't give up on it after one bad year in which he's dealing with everything he's dealing with. So I don't, again, I don't see that being the scenario. But the problem is, is that you want to see at least meaningful incremental growth. And it's hard to argue that we have seen that in the last several weeks. I just, there's no, you know, Tosh gets after me for it and he's right. There's no tangible evidence beyond some flashes. He did not like my flashes of brilliance that I said to you guys after the game the other night, but they, they, there's just not enough consistency from anyone who plays on the offensive side of the ball, whether it's Aaron Jones consistently staying healthy or the offensive line consistently blocking effectively, or receivers consistently running routes correctly and getting open, 
There's just not enough of any of that to make any meaningful judgments. And yes, that allows Goody to base everything on his opinion of his guy and his opinion of his guy is he's going to be fine. He's going to be good. And he gets the benefit of the doubt. And that's yeah, it's too early to judge. Uh, we'll, we'll look at this season and now you got all these injuries to deal with as well. And then we'll see where we're at next year. Right. Yeah. But, and, and I think Tom's point in his column in the journal Sentinel was that, you know, the NFL, generally speaking, you can't take that approach to a year. You know? Now, the thing is, is sure that you can. it's not like they got that. Uh, you know, they, uh, well, they haven't done that around here. Correct. Sure. Correct. And, that is correct. And now they the other have. part is not correct at all. Somebody can make a list of how many teams have done this. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I just, I, I think that what I was trying to say Tom's point was is that you can't do that to the veteran players you have on your team, and they do. And the problem, and the thing they about that is, they don't any. have very many, yes. so they can get away with it. Yes. Exactly. So, as any fact or anything that people need to know of injury or anything, nobody blitzes more than the Minnesota Vikings. I'm sure if you watched the game uh, on Monday night, you heard about that. Uh, their blitz percentage actually went down slightly after that game, uh, but they still blitzed the heck out of uh, Brock Purdy. He ended up in the concussion protocol. He, they blitzed him so much. Uh, and so, to me, this is going to be a fascinating game. This is going to be really interesting to see how Jordan Love handles a defense that is uh, willing to do this because And what LaFleur on... has as a plan against it. Right. No, no doubt. That is definitely part of it. But, you know, you look at, you look at Justin Herbert and they blitzed him like 82% of the time. Justin Herbert was 40 for 47 for like 300 and some yards to three touchdowns, like, and, and the chargers won the game. So is, is Jordan, Jordan Love has not played nearly as much as his draft class counterpart. Justin Herbert, so how is he going to handle it? That's one thing that I think we're all interested to see. Thanks, Jason. All right, Homer, take care. Be good.